This is Lena from Infected Rain. Brian Fair from Shadows Fall. Gary Hall from Exodus and recently retired from Slayer. Phil from Violence here. This is Trevor Sternad from the Black Dahlia Murder. This is Christian from Lions at the Gate. Yo, 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 Igor Cavalera here. Hey, this is Charlie with Anthrax. I just want to give a shout out to Pedalton and Metal Radio, the podcast. The podcast to get all your rock and metal news plus reviews. With new episodes dropping every Sunday, make sure you tune in. Keep rocking with Pedal to the Metal. Check it out now. Keep it metal. Alright, welcome everybody to another exciting edition of Pedal to the Metal Radio, the podcast. I'm your main man here, Eddie Monster, and we've got episode 105, which is going to be pretty fucking exciting. That's right, we've got rock and metal news, especially with a hot topic right now like Pantera's reunion. We're going to be talking about it. Plus, we've got Unsigned Band of the Week. We've got two bands you should know artists. We've got a kick-ass show for you guys. Plus, we have the top 10 of 2000 and motherfucking 5 for you guys today. But as usual, if you want to follow the show or any of the bands that are played on the show, all the links are going to be provided to you in the description. So all you got to do is just click on them. And you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, uh, etc. And as well as all the bands. So pretty cool. All right, so without further ado, we're just going to get into it because we've got a great, great show for you guys this week. We're getting into the top 10 of 2005, and uh, it was an interesting year, 2005, very interesting year. A lot of great releases, a lot of first-time releases from a lot of bands uh, that we were discovering that are just hot right now in the scene, and we knew back then that these guys were going to be something. There's a there's like three of those releases in here, as well as some other ones. Uh, so as usual, we've got our honorable mentions, and uh, that is Ten Thousand Fists by Disturbed, which was a pretty good record. Had landed the land of confusion cover. Ten Thousand Fists, the title track, was pretty good. Uh, we've got the Poison by bullet for my valentine and i gotta be honest these guys came out of nowhere and this was tough because i wanted to put them in the top 10 but there was just so many good releases but i remember seeing these guys on like two or three separate occasions within that year because i remember seeing them open up for rob zombie i remember seeing them open up for iron maiden i believe zombie i believe might have been the spring Saw them somewhere that summer, and then I saw them that fall with with uh, with Iron Maiden. So it was it was unbelievable. Uh, but nonetheless, yeah, there you go. The Poison's got great great tracks on it. Tears don't fall, etc. etc. Uh, and now the top ten. Number ten, we've got Alien by Strapping Young Lad, a buddy of mine. Always, always, always huge Strapping Young Lad fan. Was always big about this record. Um, and I got it at number 10. Uh, number 9, we got Shovel-Headed Kill Machine by Exodus. I just thought this was a good release. And I believe it was the first one with um, to feature Rob Dukes on vocals. And uh, other news, other parts of that too. Excuse me, not news. Uh, but it was the first not to feature Rick Hanna on uh, guitars. Lee Altus was his replacement. And it's the only album to feature former Slayer drummer Paul Bostoff on drums after Tom Hunting had to leave because of the uh, reoccurrence of his illness um, that also prompted him to leave in 1989. So, yeah, Shovel-Headed Kill Machine, great album. It's an Exodus record. You instantly know an Exodus record right from the get-go because it sounds like Exodus. And I love it, like Ray's Death Amphetamine, uh, I Am Abomination, Going, Going, Gone, love it. 44 Magnum Opus, love this shit. If you can get the, um, there's a limited edition bonus tracks, and it's got a cover of the Sex Pistols Problems, which I thought was pretty fucking cool too. So if you can get that, you know. It's pretty badass. But yeah, there you go. Number nine, Shovelhead Kill Machine. At number eight, we've got Miasma by the Black Dahlia Murder. Again, this is a debut. At least for me, it's a debut. And it, it showed Black Dahlia's brand of death metal, which was unfucking believable. 
and uh, R.I.P. Trevor Sternad. Uh, great fucking shit. Uh, number seven, we got Doomsday Machine by Arch Enemy. At number six, we've got Ascendancy by Trivium. This, again, another debut. This is the first time we had heard of Trivium. I remember seeing them at that OzFest, and it was pretty fucking wild. Um, Gunshot to the Head of Trepidation is still one of my favorite tracks to hear live. Like, I don't care. But every track on this record is actually unbelievable. So, just saying. But live, if, if, if that's what we're going by, right, is the live setting. Gunshot to the Head of Trepidation is fucking just unbelievable. Uh, number five, I combined two releases into one. I know, like, System of a Down was kind of going with the uh, with the Guns N' Roses thing, kind of like releasing two albums in one year, like having Use Your Illusion 1, Use Your Illusion 2, uh, and they did it with Mesmerize and Hypnotize. So I combined them as one release, and they're at number five. So it's Mesmerize and Hypnotize by System of a Down. There you go. Uh, number four, a debut for me at least, uh, From Mars to Sirius by Gojira. These guys have been proving since day one that they are fucking monstrous out there. And they've been doing it for so long. What a great release from these guys. Uh, number three, we got The Fury of Our Maker's Hand by Devil Driver. It's exactly the sophomore effort you would want from a band, I swear. I swear. Some great tracks on here. And I got to say, one of my favorite fucking openers... Of all time is uh, end of the line. It's such an because it starts off very melodic and it just gets right into it eventually, and I love it. I mean, they've got some great tracks on here. Grin fucked, um, you know, pale horse apocalypse uh, before the hangman's noose. Great fucking great fucking shit right there. That's why I got it at number three. Devil driver, unbelievable live too. Number two, see, this was a toss-up, and I really had to think, and I had to think back at the time because I had all these releases, and I remember uh, going out and buying all of them, and I had to choose which one impacted me the most, and that's this is where this is where it goes. At number two, we've got Angel of Retribution by Judas Priest. Judas Priest had just made their comeback with Rob Halford the year before. They completely fucking rocked OzFest 2004. Stole the whole the whole shit. Judas Priest was unbelievable. If you did not, it was magical. It was absolutely magical. They came out with this release. Great fucking shit. But at number one. And... I'm not trying to blow smoke up their ass, you know, because they're going to, you know, the main man of this band is going to be mentioned in rock and metal news. But honestly, Mafia by Black Label Society was an album that completely impacted me. It was my favorite album of that year, and it still is, no matter what. I mean, I love all these releases, but nothing hit me like Miami, uh, like uh, Mafia. I remember... When the album just came out, because obviously Diamond passed away, I think months before, in 2004, I remember December, and uh, seeing them live, and the huge tribute they did with In This River live, and I remember the gig that I saw, Vinnie Paul came out and played drums on a couple tracks, um, and it was a couple tracks actually off of this album. And uh, just such an unbelievable, unbelievable record. I think this really pushed Black Label Society into the forefront. You know what I mean? Like, they proved that they're not a band to fuck with. So many great tracks on this besides In This River. There's so much. And not even, like, and even, not even the songs that were radio songs, right? Look at some of the deep tracks. Some of the deep tracks on this. Are unfriggin' real. Because we know Fire It Up, Suicide Messiah, those were the two uh, big singles. We know Suicide Messiah was about Scott Weiland. Uh, but you look at some of the deep tracks, and one of my favorites is like Death March, um, 
Too Tough to Die. Been a long time. Dirt on the Grave. I just saw great fucking shit from beginning to end, man. You cannot mess with Zach Wilde. He is a guitar god, and he proved it right there that he is a fucking guitar god. Um, Great stuff. Just great, great stuff. So there you go. That's my top 10 of 2005. And remember, as always, all of the lists will be discarded, and I don't give a shit. This is my top 10. You guys obviously might have a different top 10, which is cool. But, uh, yeah, that's my top 10. Anyways, so now it's time to get into our unsigned band of the week, and we've got a good one for you guys this week. That's right. We are checking out a band all the way from West Virginia. That's right. I am talking right now about the band Fool the Crow, who just recently in 2022 released their album Whisper of the Witch. That's right. And we're about to check out one of their tracks right here. It's called Lick Your Wounds. Right here on Pedal to the Metal Radio, the podcast. Metal news time, everybody. 
And as I said in the beginning of the show, there is a lot to talk about in rock and metal news. Some blockbuster news. Uh, hit the airwaves. Hit the internet. Broke the internet. Right? And you can bet on it. Loudwire, Billboard, Revolver, all legitimate sources, Metal Injection, all reported on this. And I want to talk about it because I, I, I think this is a viable, viable thing to talk about. And I want to declare before anything, before we ever move forward, one thing. Nobody will ever, and I mean ever, replace Dimebag Daryl or Vinnie Paul. Nobody. Those two... Are irreplaceable. Right. They were the backbone of Pantera. And as long as you know that. We can now move forward. Right. With the with the topic. I just wanted to clarify that. That's a, that's a little disclaimer. For, for everybody. That those two will never. Ever. Ever. Truly be replaced. Now with that being said. The last time Pantera ever played a concert, it was August 26th, 2001, at Japan's Beast Fest. We all know the history. Well, Billboard, okay, reported on the 14th or 13th, I think it was one of those days, it was a couple days ago from when I'm recording this. But they reported that Pantera are set for a reunion tour in 2023. And that this would be the first time the Legends will ever play under the moniker Pantera since 2001. That being the surviving members of Philip H. and... Ooh, excuse me. Philip H. and Salmo and Rex Brown. Right? It was known that the group had signed with uh, Dennis Arfa and Peter Papalardo of the Artist Group International who are serving as the group's agents. And here's what they said. We are thrilled to be working with such an iconic band and bringing their music back to the fans. All right. So let that swirl in there, right? Obviously, Pantera fans, you know, very mixed, right? Like some saying, Pantera Tour 2023, I'll be in the fucking pit. Pantera Reunion Tour is a thing. Man, I love that band with my whole heart, but without Diamond Vinny, I don't know. Another, they should tour as Phil and Rex plays Pantera because without Diamond Vinny, well, it's not possible. Right? Totally understandable. There's going to be two sides to this fence. Right, I don't think you're either excited or you're like, kind of like, man, nope, I don't think so. Right, and maybe there is a third side, and that that kind of is indecisive, maybe. Right, but you're thinking about it because this is huge news, man. But apparently, so with that being said, we wondered. Well, who's going to be filling the shoes of Dimebag Daryl and Vinnie Paul, right? Who could it possibly be, right? We always believed for years. I know metal fans everywhere. You all can agree with me on this because so many of us have always said one name, right? So we never really thought, okay, who would be in Dime's spot? If Pantera was ever to do a reunion, all of us instantly, instantly named one guy, Zach Wild. His name always floated right out of our mouths and out there, right? So many of us, oh, you know, Zach and Dime, we're, we're best fucking friends, and, and Zach is such a guitar god, he's the only person who could ever fill the shoes of dime back daryl and not saying he will fill the shoes because dime is dime dude nobody will ever fill those shoes 
But if we were to have anybody, it would be Zach Wild. Instantly. That's instantly the first name that comes out of our mouths. Because who else would you want to fill that that those shoes? And no offense to Phil, because I love Phil. Phil's a great guy. I could tell you the story about how I met Phil. But that could be saved for another day. Maybe a Philip and Salmo interview. Who knows? But we all know, and I watched the Philip and Salmo and the Illegals play Pantera, and I just wasn't super impressed with the guitar player. But then again, that's a thing. You know what I mean? It's like you can't expect somebody to sound like Randy Rhodes and play Randy Rhodes Aussie music like Randy Rhodes. It's the same thing. You can't expect somebody to be Dimebag Daryl and play Dimebag Daryl's music. It's just never going to happen, right? Those two are generational guitar players. So no matter what, we instantly thought Zach, and we couldn't think of anybody else. Because honestly, I don't know. I mean, would you want Pepper Keenan? I love Pepper. Don't get me wrong. But I don't think that's his thing. I could think of maybe Scott Ian or Kerry King. Quite possibly. And Kerry King more believable. Just I don't know if, if Scott is a lead guitar player. I don't know per se. But I know Kerry King has those capabilities. But then again, you know, Zach is always that name. But for drummers, that's where it gets tricky. And I've seen plenty of drummers play fucking Pantera shit, and they fucking nail it. So there are a lot of drummers I could think right off the top of my head that I would be like, all right, I could see that. I could see that. I could see that. But the funniest thing, and... I swear to whoever, I swear to the gods of metal. My brother instantly looked at me and said, you know who I who I could see filling in for, for Vinnie Paul? And I was like, who? And he said instantly, Charlie Benante. I was like, really? But Anthrax is kind of doing a thing. Like, I just couldn't see that happening, right? And I instantly forgot about it and was like, nah, I mean, I, I guarantee I could see other drummers. So many other drummers. I could see so many other drummers. I mean, Vinnie Paul literally influenced the whole generation. But again, who would you re- who would you want to see in that role to pay tribute to Vinnie? So as I'm recording this, the news breaks. And Billboard reports that Zach Wild and Anthrax drummer drummer excuse me Charlie Benante are officially in Pantera's reunion lineup and I instantly thought wow how fucking crazy is that my brother called that out and said instantly Charlie Benante I was I was blown away by it you know what I mean so I'm like holy shit like this is now it's a thing now it's a thing. It's Phil, Rex, Zach, and Charlie all playing in Pantera's reunion lineup. And according to Billboard, the blessing was the blessing, the green light was given from the estate of the Abbott brothers for this reunion to happen. And why the fuck not, man? Pantera's music needs to be heard, right? And this is such an awesome way to pay tribute to two icons of metal, the Abbott brothers, who were just like the Van Halen brothers, legendary duo. But here's my thing, and I'm going to say this right now. I am okay. Mark, Mark, you should write this down. I am okay with Pantera reuniting like this. To do live shows strictly. Strictly live. If it comes down to a record, I'm going to have to nix that idea. And I'm I'm on the other side of the fence at that point. 
where I'll be like, nah, man, nope, nope, nope. You can't have a Pantera record without the, the Abbott brothers. And I think this is, you know, and honestly, I think this is, you know, could this have been a, a cause and effect of of David Lee Roth and Michael Anthony, you know, talking about doing a, a Van Halen kind of tribute thing for Eddie? I mean, could that have sparked Phil and Rex to be like, whoa, dude, like, you know, if that is getting that kind of an interest, imagine what this would do. Right, and there are so many bands I would love to see reunite. And unfortunately, I'm kind of pissed. And that same brother, I'm still pissed at him. I was too young to, uh, I didn't have my, I, I was too young to have a license. And there was a chance uh, Pantera was coming around. It was an Ozfest. I think it was '97. I believe. I believe it was Ozfest '97. I was like 15 years old, and my mother wasn't super crazy about me going to concerts anyways, the idea of it. But uh, I remember I asked my brother, please take me to see Pantera. Please take me to see Pantera. And he was like, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, whatever. Never got it. He never showed that day. I know, sad, wham, 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 me, right? But unfortunately, I never got to see Pantera. I've seen Phil in Super Joint Ritual. I've seen him in Down. You know, same thing with Rex. I've seen Rex and Down. And uh, I unfortunately never got to see that. And that's one of my biggest regrets of my life all time. Besides never getting to see Rush, that's another one. But this was a huge, huge regret for me, uh, never getting to see Pantera. So this is a chance for me to go and see, you know, Pantera, the reunion, and to kind of put that worry to rest so to speak, you know what I mean? Like kind of get that off. But how excited are you guys personally for this? Because, I mean, you know, again, our fans totally for it. Here's uh, one guy on Twitter wrote this. He goes, Zach Wild was so obvious for this. And a lot of Pantera fans wanted him for this. Zach is simply a guitar god and has always been close to dime. Very, very true. Very happy with these two choices. Those two will honor Diamond Vinny, says another user. I won't deny that this will be badass, but it but is it really Pantera? That's one user. See, there's always that kind of, you know. I mean, he's probably going to go, but again, I mean, he's right. You got to you got to right to question it. Uh, another user wrote, "Still not sure how I feel about it. Not crazy excited, but also wouldn't want to miss type of thing but yeah just call it something else pantera 2.0 phil's pantera or a tribute to pantera like previously said 50 proof pantera pantera 100 proof haha would be a fun night uh that's one guy and you know certainly so hey you know um one road i'm indifferent i guess i'd rather them call it a tribute to pantera not a pantera reunion tour um, the more hatred and negativity it receives, the more I love it. What's so wrong with fans that never got to see Pantera live wanting to go to a gig and hear these songs in a live setting? If you think it's blasphemy, there's a simple solution. Don't go. Walk on home, boy. That's what one uh, reader, and thank you very much for that, Lord Dante Christ. I love it. Love it. And right now, before we go any further with this, I want to play some evidence. If you guys need any further evidence as to why Zach should be the guy to perform this song, I'm going to give you guys a little tidbit, a little tease, okay? This is back from 2014, all right? This is in New York City. It's uh, Black Label Society and Phil. You also can... Go online and find Black Label Society featuring Rex Brown and Phil and Salmo doing the same song. But nevertheless, this is Black Label Society and Phil. This is them doing Unbroken. Here's a little evidence as to why Zach is the man. <laughs> I'm 
I didn't want to uh, do too much because obviously copyright, whatever. But that's a little bit of a tidbit. That's a tease of what you can get. Listen to the whole thing. Zach does such a phenomenal job paying tribute to Dime. It's unbelievable. And that should be evidence enough right there that you guys need to go and see this when it comes in 2023. We are paying tribute to Dime and Vinny. That's ultimately what it's all about, man. Paying tribute to their legacy. Okay. And the amazing music that these guys brought to the world. Because that's what it's all about. So there you go. All right. It is time for our first Bands You Should Know Artist. All right. And if you are a fan of such acts as Corrosion of Conformity, Pantera, and Motorhead, then you're going to love these guys. Chicago Thrash Metal Quartet Speed Freak is an institution in the city's hard rock and metal scene with a sound that ranges from combative thrash riffs to boozy and bluesy sludge grooves. Speed Freak promises to be the cause of your next hangover, and they've been lauded by D. Snyder as having great songs and being fucking fearless. The Chicago four-piece has a resume to match, and their intensity having played at top-notch venues such as the Metro, the Double Door, Reggie's, the Chop Shop, the Forge, and opened up for acts such as Helmet, Texas Hippie Coalition, Raven, Kill Devil Hill, and Shadows Fall, to name a few. And right now, we are about to check out one of their tracks, which is off their latest release called Fast Lane Living. That's right, you need to check out Speed Freak, and here they are with Up the Ante. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to some more rock and metal news. Now we're just going to go through the whole shebang. 
awesome, interesting news stories here. Uh, hate to start off with this, but Devil Driver has officially split with bassist Diego Ibarra. Um, and the band hasn't yet commented, but Diego has announced on his personal Facebook page that he is indeed leaving Devil Driver. And he just simply said it was an... This is what he said. He goes, hey, everyone, I just wanted to let you know I've officially parted ways with Devil Driver. It was an honor to play with some of the most talented musicians thus far in my career. I wish Devil Driver the best and look forward to what the future holds and new musical chapters. Um, so Ibera played with the band between 2016 till now, and he performed on both The Outlaws to the end, Volume 1, and Dealing with Demons, Volume 1 as well. And uh, there you go. Uh, Alice Cooper, interesting enough, so Nita Strauss obviously left Alice Cooper. And it was like, all right, who can Alice Cooper get to replace Nita Strauss? And why not go back and get somebody that played with you in the past who literally looked like a, I mean, you want to talk 1980s and you want to talk action films and, and how buffed guys were back then you're talking about kane roberts here and kane is officially back with alice cooper that's right if you remember kane played with the band between 1985 to 1988 and he's rejoined so there you go he is back in the fold for the band's upcoming detroit muscle tour um Here's what was said. I'm looking forward to welcoming back Kane Roberts for our shows in September and October. We've been friends all this time, and he's always been one of my favorite guitarists. He's bringing more muscle to the Detroit Muscle Tour. We've always had a swinging door policy where players can come and go. So it's very exciting to get back on stage with Kane. The fans are in for a real treat at these shows. It's going to be a blast. Kane Roberts, Ryan Roxy, and Tommy Henriksen on guitars. Hell yeah, there you go. And the tour kicks off September 7th in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. And it runs all the way to October 8th in Las Vegas, Nevada. So there you go. If you get a chance, go and check it the fuck out. All right, another news. Dave Ellison's got a new band. And I'm yet to know what the hell it's called. Uh we know he had that group, the Lucid, but apparently now he's got a death metal band, and I believe it's called Death, but it looks like Death, but it's or Dieth, uh, and it features ex in, in, excuse me ex entombed AD guitarist and vocalist Guilherme Miranda, and ex decapitated drummer Michael Lazesco. and the band is currently streaming their new single in the Hall of the Hanging Serpent. So this is obviously the heaviest shit that he's ever done in his life. And uh, hey, why not? Guillermo Guilherme says this. It's been so much happening lately in my life, feeling the need to express ourselves accordingly. Create something new, have a fresh start. Personally, it was a matter of life or death to come back playing music, to do something truly meaningful and finally cope with the anger and grief. Sometimes you have to die inside to be reborn, and that is what death is. Death represents a new uh, sonic driving force that leaves the past behind. Here's what Ellison said. The three of us have all been recognized in our respective bands and careers, but at some point we had to close the door on those exploits to let something new begin, and now we have found it in death. In fact, the name itself is about dying to one's past so that something new can spring forth to create the next chapter of life, and that is the connection the three of us hold in common. There you go. So make sure you check that out. Be interesting. Uh, Guar is announcing a fall tour with Light the Torch, Necro Goblicon, and Crobot. That's right. It's going to be a sick tour. It's their uh, Black Death Rager World Tour. And uh, here's what they had to say. This is what Blothar, the Berserker, had to say. He goes, long ago, Guar broke the frame of what a rock concert can be. We've pushed the envelope of live performance for decades. But this time around, we wanted to do something different. This is the first Guar show conceived to go along with a graphic novel 
and an album all working together as one massive hunk of hot streaming shock rock performance art. It can't miss Cavalcade of Chaos, a trash culture trilogy, a shocking extravaganza that will leave you utterly spent, soaking wet, and bawling uncontrollably. We've got the coolest storyline, unbelievable new characters, more blood, gore, and gags than ever before. Come unload your worries, human scum, and let Guar transport you to the dualverse of absurdity just in time for the new Dark Age. There you go. Check it out. Starts September 10th in Alton, Virginia, and it's running all the way to November 3rd in Baltimore, Maryland. Make sure you check it out. Hopefully it's coming to a city near you. Obviously for me, it's going to be in Worcester. And uh, it's three days before Halloween, which means I might actually have to go and check this out. I've always wanted to go to a concert on Halloween day. But obviously I'm not going to drive to New York on Halloween. But you know what? I will take the 28th. Just as much. It's a, it'll be a good time. All right, there you go. Uh, Amon Amarth has also announced a tour with Carcass Obituary and Cattle Decapitation. This is a fucking package right here. Man, prepare really. No shit. Prepare to be fucking destroyed at this concert. It's going to be fucking awesome. And it's called the Great Heathen Tour. And tickets are available. They are available as we speak. So this is where you really should be spending your money. Uh, North America, the great heathen army is coming for you this fall. We've been away for a long time, and now we return to raid with the death metal event of the year. We'll be sacking cities across the continent with our good friends Carcass Obituary and Cattle Decapitation. We intend to bring a big show and give you a night that you won't easily forget. Miss this at your own peril. Fucking A, right? That's that's according to Amon Amarth. Here's what uh, Jeff Walker of Carcass had to say. He goes, Carcass is looking forward to its first proper U.S. tour for six years. Can it really be that long? We can't think of a stronger tour or killer lineup for us to be a part of. It's going to be a rager. Obituary added, we couldn't be more excited to be a part of this tour when we got word that our good friends Amon Amarth asked for Obituary to join them here in North America. There was just no hesitation, just an immediate yes. We honored to share the stage, some cold beers with them uh, with them again, along with our longtime friends Carcass and San Diego Brothers Cattle Decapitation. If this lineup doesn't get you excited, check your pulse because you may be dead. No shit. And this is a dream package for me because I've always wanted to see Cattle Decapitation, Amonamarth, Obituary, and even Carcass. I'm looking very looking forward to this. Uh, this tour, the tour begins November 11th in Las Vegas, Nevada, and it goes all the way to December 17th in Los Angeles, California. That's right, California. So there you go. It's going to be a fucking good time, bro. All right, Dick Verbuen, the madman of Megadeth. Uh, apparently, you know, wrote some of the music on Megadeth's new album, or at least two songs, right? So that's the that's the thing. Um, we know he's got another project called Ben C. And that's one you're going to want to check out because Dick actually plays guitar on that. And he's pretty nasty. So it's no surprise that he helped write a couple songs on The Sick, The Dying, and The Dead, which is the new Megadeth record. And Rebuen said the song Life in Hell is basically based on a demo that apparently he had put together at home. And Night Stalker uh, apparently is one of the first riffs he wrote when he went to visit Dave uh, after... Very shortly after joining the band. So there you go. Um, Here's what he said. He goes, yeah, so when it comes to Life in Hell, that's roughly based on a demo that I wrote at home. I just picked up the guitar, put something together, added some drums and bass to that. Then I took that to Dave, and he reworked it together with me and with the other guys. And eventually it turned into a song that's on the record. Uh, When it comes to Night Stalker, that's a song that I had a riff 
laying around and it just fit the song. It's funny because the story behind that riff is that I was at Dave's house. I think it was during one of the very first times I went there to go work with him on some ideas one evening. So I just picked up this guitar and this riff just kind of came to me. And that's the riff that ended up in the song. Everybody in the band thought it was a good riff and that we had to use it. And uh, he says, for me, that's exciting because both of those songs are very much connected style-wise to the older Megadeth. It's cool because that's the stuff that I grew up on, I grew up with, excuse me. And for me to be a part of bringing that element back to the album full on, that's something I'm very excited about. That being said, I don't think we were looking backwards. And I think this sounds very much like a modern album, but you know... We're kind of just embracing the whole history of the band, I would say. I'm looking for. I'm very, very looking forward to this. And uh, they got the new single out called "We'll Be Back," and the "Sick to Dying the Dead" is out on September second. You can pre-order the album as we speak. I'm very looking forward to this. It sounds like a punishing. From what I've heard so far, I mean, if if that's any indication then this album should be really fucking good. So I'm looking forward to it. Very looking forward to it. Uh, Another band that I'm looking forward to seeing new music is Dead Cross. If you don't know who Dead Cross is, it features members of Slayer, Faith No More, uh, Retox, and The Locust. That's right, I'm talking about Dave Lombardo, Mike Patton, Mike Crane, and Justin Pearson. And uh, apparently... They're getting ready to release their uh, long-awaited sophomore album, although I don't know exactly when uh, this is going to come out. But but apparently on Instagram, they posted a 10-second teaser of new material with the Roman number numeral number two. Uh, so get ready, man. Fucking Dead Cross is some badass shit. Um, and apparently it was produced by Ross Robinson, who may know famously for... Producing ban- uh, albums from bands like Korn, Slipknot, so on and so forth. So that's going to be pretty exciting. Uh, Fear Factory announces their first remix album since 1997. Um, and it's called Aggression Continuum. So it's basically going to be just remixes by various, various artists. So that's going to be pretty fucking cool. Uh, be sure to check that out. Apparently they're going to have a vinyl as well, which is uh, kind of cool. And, uh, yeah, there you go. Uh, Primus announces a career-spanning 7-inch vinyl box set. Hell yeah, man. The six-disc set includes 12 classics from across the career on colored vinyl. And, uh, you know, besides the collaboration with Jack White's Third Man Records for the 53rd installment of the label's widely acclaimed Vault series. That's what it's saying. So, The Revenant Juke, a collection of fables and farce. Um, So, they teamed up with Jack White to do this. So, um, I guess you sign up. That's what I'm seeing. I don't know. But, yeah, there you go. So, if you want to check that out, go and check it out. Uh, It's looking pretty fucking cool, actually, to be honest with you. I'm looking at it. They got a purple, a bitter lime, a fermented orange, a bruised peach, a ducky yellow, and a generic turquoise. That's what they're calling it, generic turquoise, uh, the box set. So that's pretty cool. But it's basically going to feature John the Fisherman uh, with Too Many Puppies on one. Jerry was a race car driver with Tommy the Cat on another. My name is Mud with Mr. Crinkle. Winoa's Big Brown Beaver with Southbound Patronum. Uh, shake hands with beef with over the falls and then finally the anti-pop with the coattails of a dead man that's the one on a generic turquoise vinyl so i'm probably going to be looking into this as well so that's pretty fucking cool uh there you go primus uh tenacious d is teasing that their new album is going to be a concept album and uh couldn't get more excited i mean what are we going to get are we getting the pick of destiny 2 who knows but Apparently, the group is working on a new album, so look forward to that when that gets, when further details get announced. Um, and, dude, you guys should be fucking excited. Beavis and Butthead are fucking back. 
That's right. Beavis and Bot had a new season is back. That's right. The series is going to be streaming on Paramount Plus starting August 4th. And apparently it looks pretty fucking good. And they're going to be, according to Judge, uh, YouTube clips and TikTok just sort of came up. Like, there's just so much to watch. We're limited to music videos on MTV, but the world is cluttered with so much video now. Now, whatever the demographic that was watching music videos in the 90s is probably watching this kind of TikTok stuff. And we all watch YouTube. It's harder than it looks to write, but Beavis and Butthead. You know, so there you go. Uh, apparently, they'll be doing the uh, YouTube clips and TikTok. And uh, never fear, because actually, they've remastered all the original seasons. And now, all the original seasons are going to include all the music videos and their commentary. So that's pretty fucking awesome. So you'll be able to watch that, uh, courtesy of Paramount+. Plus. So there you go. Uh, apparently, there's a there's a new horror film that's that's a metal geared horror film called The Retaliators. They've been talking about it for a long fucking time, and finally it has a premiere date. Uh, so apparently, the movie is going to be uh, going to the big screen on September 14th, and they're already doing pre-sale for tickets, um, which will start on August 5th. And the movie was produced by Better Noise Films. The Retaliators stars. Michael Lombardi, you may remember him from Rescue Me and Blue Bloods. Uh, Mark Mancheca from Ozark and Homeland. And Joseph Gatt from Thor and Star Trek Into Darkness. They are in the lead roles. And apparently, many, 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 many stars from the metal and hard rock world are in the movie. And here's some of them. Tommy Lee, Jacoby Shaddix, Ivan Moody, Zoltan Bathory, Chris Kale, uh, Spencer Charnas, Greg, Craig Mabbitt. Uh, Jaya from The Who, um, The Hue, not The Who, The Hue, uh, Matt Brandenberry, Danny Case, Lance Dowdle, Matt Madero, Amanda Lieberg, and Tuck Smith, so there you go, and apparently it's going to have a killer soundtrack as well, which is going to feature music from Papa Roach, The Hue, uh, Yvonne DeFire from Ashes to New, Asking Alexandria, Apparently, Tommy Lee's got some bullshit on there. Uh, Five Finger Death Punch, uh, Bad Wolves, so on and so forth. There's going to be so much on this. And uh, apparently, Motley Crue has a song on it called The Retaliator's Theme 21 Bullets, which features Ice Nine Kills, Asking Alexandria from Ashes to New. That should be nothing new. We've seen that when they did the Crew Fest. Thing, they would do a version of a song with all the bands that were on Crew Fest. So, no surprise there. Uh, check out the trailer, it's online. And that is going to do it for rock and metal news for this week. And now it is time to get into our last Bands You Should Know artist. And the band that we're checking out is pretty fucking badass. Let me tell you, I am super excited to be playing this next band on the show. They are called Our. Dying World, and they come all the way from Los Angeles. They are a melodic death band that have written an album that just sounds absolutely fucking amazing. We've got a single for you on that we're going to play on this show. But man, you need to check out, if anything, after you check out the single that we're playing today, make sure you go and check out Survivor. From Our Dying World. What a fucking track that is. Oh my god. Nonetheless. These guys are badass. They released their debut album in 2019. Which was more thrashy and stuff like that. But. They've got an album that is just going to blow your fucking mind. Hailing from Los Angeles, USA. Our Dying World has been hard at work over the pandemic. Forging a new path in the metal world. Initially. They were more in the vein of Thrashy Death and released their debut album in 2019. But now they have embraced the melodic side of things and present their new form to the world through Hymns of Blinding Darkness. That is the name of their new record. And it was released back on June 24th. So make sure you check these guys out. Our Dying World. Bad ass. Bad ass. I can't even say it anymore, man. It's just... The minute I heard it, I was like, I am fucking hooked, right? I am hooked. 
Cannot wait to see these guys if they tour them, you know, the states, obviously. Uh, I'm looking. I'm going to be looking forward to that. So without further ado, I want to play the track on the show. This is fierce. It's in your face. And it's just awesome. This is called Veil of the Reaper. Again, make sure you check out Survivor as well um, on your own. But anyways, we're going to play Veil of the Reaper right here on the show. And I want to thank all you guys again for tuning in to Pedal to the Metal Radio, the podcast. I thank all of you. And we will see you next time. But without further ado, here they are, Our Dying World, Veil of the Reaper. (laughs) 